Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that there is so much that we can we can do and getting to know you greater as disciples. God, I just want to thank you for, for who you are to us. Because, God, you are everything. And, God, we do lift up those 5, 10, 20 people to you right now. And, God, we pray right now that even your Holy Spirit would start to minister to their hearts. Because, God, we want to see those people in your presence. God, we lift them up to you now. And, God, we pray that you would just start to soften their hearts to your voice. Your powerful name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Maddie. Morning, church. How are we today? Got a touch of summer about it. It's lovely. If you've got your Bibles, can you open up to Matthew chapter 16? Doing things a little differently today. Preaching first, and then Ali and the team are going to come up, and uh, we're just going to raise God high in some worship but first we just want to look into the word and uh, um, over this last week um, um, God's been impressing this word on my heart so you get to hear it today isn't that good awesome Andy's enjoying it that's going to be awesome Matthew chapter 16 verse 13 It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do men say that, say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Whoa, I want to stop right there. Now I want to flick over to Matthew chapter 4. And uh, verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. Now, there's a significant amount of uh, scripture or a significant amount of events that happened um, from chapter 4 in Matthew through to chapter 16. And as I was reading that this week, and when Jesus said to his disciples, who do you say that I am? I went, hang on a minute. These guys were actually a part of Jesus' ministry for a good couple of years because this was the last leg of Jesus' ministry before he was heading to Jerusalem. And so it was almost the end of his public ministry in a sense because now he was starting to concentrate just on the 12. And, and so here he is, he says to these guys, after a couple of years, these are some of the events that if you look from Matthew chapter 4 through to 16, these are some of the things that happened. He healed the sick. Matthew 4, 23, 8, verse 3, 8, verse 16, 9, verse 2, 9, verse 22. Delivered people from demonic um, oppression and possession. Matthew 8, 16, 8, 32. 
He heard Je- they heard Jesus' teachings, Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7, 10, 11, and 12. Heard parable after parable of God's salvation in Matthew 13. Witnessed phenomenal miracles, calming of the storm in uh, Matthew 8, 26. Feeding 5,000 men plus women and children in uh, Matthew 14, 19. Uh, feeding another 4,000 in Matthew 15. Raised people from the dead in Matthew 9, 24 and 5. Witnessed great faith with a centurion in chapter 8, verse 10, and the Canaanite woman in 15, 28. They saw all this stuff for a good couple of years. And after that, Jesus said, who do you say that I am? I thought to myself, these blokes have been with him for two solid years at least. They've witnessed the whole shebang. They've got everything. And and he still at that point says, who do you say that I am? He knew he had a relationship with them. And he knew that as a result from when we look at, at chapter 4, that God did reveal himself to them. Because when he said, come follow me, they dropped everything and followed him. That would take a significant amount of uh, persuasion for me to do that. So for these blokes who they've got their job, they know what they're doing, they're getting paid for it to drop everything and leave and leave their family and follow this man who they'd never met prior, at that, there was God's revelation in that to those guys. But then for two solid years, they've witnessed all this stuff and Jesus still turned to them and says, who do you say that I am? I, I, I just could not get that out of my head this whole week. The whole week, Rakesh. I just felt God saying, Stu, who do you say that I am? Now, I've been... A Christian since I was 13 years old, 37 now. So I've been serving God for a significant amount of time in my life. And for God to still say to me this week, Stu, who do you say that I am? I, I just thought, God, there is so much more for you to reveal to us. And, and it's not like when we just get, we ask God into our heart, God, I need you, I want to be get saved, then help me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me new. It doesn't stop right there. Uh, That's the beginning of the journey. And each step, the curtain gets drawn a little bit further away. You get to see a bigger picture. Is that good? Matthew chapter 16, he said to them, Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, I love Pete. He's a good bloke. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to them, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Peter's confession was not just of knowledge. He'd watched everything for the last two and something years. So he knew about God. He knew what God could do. But at that moment in time, his confession, when he said, you are the son of the living God. For the Jews, that is, that is pretty big because they were expecting a Messiah, but... They weren't anticipating a triune God. They were expecting one God to come through and go bang. But then as you look throughout Scripture, you see how God merges and and you see how God is the Son. God is the Father. God is the Holy Spirit. You see that in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And for Simon, just a fisherman. He was not a learned man. He was not a bloke who was going to the tabernacle or the, the temple each week and hearing messages after messages and being taught all the things out, out of the word. So he had a revelation from his heart. And you know what? That's what God wants from us all. 
revelation to our heart. And Because as I was reading that, it was that word that just hit out and smacked me in the head. It was like, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this, reveal this to you. But my Father who is in heaven, I was like, God, I just need more and more of your revelation. You know, this week as, you know, we're, as a leadership and stuff and we're still praying and, and we're, still, we're still searching and knocking on doors and seeing what's going to happen for the life of this church and we're just constantly saying, God, what is your will? Because we want this house to reflect you. We want people to come here, more and more people to come and know who you are and and come into your presence and, and know the liberty that you can give and, and that you bring to our hearts. Uh, the only way I'm going to find that is by actually getting more and more into God as God continues to reveal himself to us. That led me to another passage in Psalm chapter 9. Because as, as I was saying, my, my response to God was, God, you have so many names. There are so many names in Scripture. And, and I've had a little added blessing in one sense that years ago I went to Bible college for a couple of years and so I was able to study a bit and, and, and the more and more I got into study at, at college, the, the more and more names of God came out of Scripture and I was like, oh, names are big to me. Uh, they're huge because when, when we were having children, we, we took a lot of effort and a lot of time making sure that our children were named properly. Because it wasn't just for a name because it sounded good. Because I wanted my kids to grow up and reflect that very character that that name brings. Because we do that. It's amazing, we do that. As I found out about my own name and Stuart and, and how I'm a steward and, and I'm a caring sort of a natured character, I started thinking, far out. It's not by accident that mum and dad called me Stuart. It was God's design. And so when I'm having children, I'm saying, God, I want my kids to reflect you. I watch Seth run around and he's just a whirlwind and loud and he's an amazing kid. And we named him Seth because it means appointed. And I say, Sethy, you are a history maker. You are appointed by God. Because that's how God looks at us. So Psalm chapter 9 verse 10 says, Those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Is that good? If you've got a pen, write that down. Because I think you need to reflect on that verse. Those who know your name will trust in you. So we've got to know his name for us to put some trust in there. So those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never, never forsaken those who seek you. So there's a bit of effort required on our behalf. And once you start to put in that little bit of an effort, God starts to reveal. That word reveal literally just means drawing back of a veil. Just drawing back the curtain. Get up of the morning. We draw the curtains to let some light in. When we get up in the morning, we're revealing the world. That's what God does. When you get up, say, God... I want to know more about you. I want to know your name. Your name. It's quarter past 11. I've got about three pages on names here. You ready? You reckon I'm joking? <laughs> Protection. There's, I've got 10 points for each of these categories. 
I'll race through them. And the reason why I wanted to do this and the reason why I wanted us to get into praise and worship because sometimes in praise and worship we stand in good music and we stand in good songs and we don't know what to say. And actually what we're doing is we're saying someone else's words. But God's crying out to hear our own heart. So why am I going to give you all these words? Because sometimes there might be a few words that you can grab hold of, that you can click, and then when we start praising and worshipping God, you start speaking them out for yourself. You start telling God who he is. And the veil is going to get drawn back in your life. Protection. A wall of fire. Zechariah chapter 2 verse 5. Brightness of his glory. Hebrews 1 verse 3. Consuming fire. Hebrews 12 29. Hiding place from the wind. Isaiah 32 2. Jehovah Nissi. The Lord is my banner. Exodus chapter 17 verse 15. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is there. Ezekiel 48, 35. My high tower, Psalm 144, verse 2. My shield, Psalm 115, verse 11. Shadow from the heat, Isaiah 25, verse 4. Refuge from the storm, again, Isaiah 25, verse 4. There's ten, there's ten names of God right there just on his protection alone. Stability. A sure foundation, Isaiah 28, verse 16. A fortress, Psalm 18, verse 2. Rock of my salvation, 2 Samuel 22, verse 7. Isaiah 8, verse 14. Sanctuary, he's our sanctuary. Oh, man. Our sanctuary, somewhere where we can just sit and just, oh, God, I'm hearing more of you. In a sense, this is what church is about. It's a sanctuary. We can come in and sit in God's presence. Strong tower, Psalm 61, verse 3. Surety, Hebrews 7, verse 22. That spiritual rock, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. My stay, 2 Samuel 22, 19. And Psalm 18, 18. Covenant of the people, Isaiah 42, verse 6. You're starting to get a feel for it. There's a whole heap of names. It's who God is. We can actually start expressing these today. He's our guidance, a great light. Isaiah 9 verse 2. Look, I'm just going to read them out. I won't go with the, the verses. I've got them here if you want them. Chief shepherd, friend who sticks closer than a brother. Jehovah Rai, the Lord my shepherd. Light of Israel, light of men, light of the city, my lamp. Your everlasting light, vitality, a quickening spirit, Christ our life, fountain of living waters. Oh, I love this next one. First fruits of those who have fallen asleep. How many times in your own Christian walk have you felt dry? Have you felt like, God, are you really there? It's almost like, in a sense, you're dormant in your own spiritual walk. I love this, because this is, this is God right here. He's our vitality, first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. God of my life, way, truth, and life, strength of my life, restorer, my strength, horn of my salvation, forgiveness, the propitiation of our sins, author of eternal salvation, God of all grace, creativity, the word of God, creator of all things, Jehovah Elohim, the eternal creator, Jehovah Hesenu, 
the Lord our maker. Majesty. If there's nothing else that you can say today when we worship, go with these ten. The Lord of glory, fairest among ten thousand, God of glory, great king above all gods, hope of glory, Jehovah Elion, the Lord most high, rose of Sharon, Lord of lords, sharp sword, majestic Lord. I've got so many others here. There's excellence on, on provision, on authority, security. He's our growth, our supervision. He's our comfort, our reality. He's a finality, our boldness, our totality. He's our restoration. He's our affection. He's our bridegroom. He actually desires our affection. He's just not a God who's out there that just likes to hear it just because it makes him sound good, but he actually desires our affection. He's our insight, he's our completion, he's our confidence, our refuge, he's our mastery, our enlightenment, he's our purpose, our liberation, our nourishment, our awakening, and he's our victor. Music team, come on up. Nice quick one this morning. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Let's stand. I'm just going to pray and I'm going to hand it straight over to Ellie. He's going to take it over. But I'm really believing that as we start to enter into this time of praise and worship, that God wants to reveal himself to you today. He, as I said just then, he, he wants our affection. He does want to hear what you have to say. Not just some awesome words that we sing, because they are awesome words, but someone's penned that for us. But now is your opportunity as we step into the very throne room of God that you can actually pen your own worship to the Lord. Father, right now, we just dedicate this whole day to you. God, I thank you that you go before us in everything. God, I thank you that your name is everything. And God, we just want to worship you this morning. We just want to worship you, God, for your name is great.